Got another one in. That makes us uh, six for old pasty here. Six for old pasty. Six gerbils through the tube. We're going full gear. Full Richard gear. <laughs> you never go full Richard gear. I have a feeling most of the people listening to us are too young to even know that reference. <laughs> I, I, it's, the, it's like the original meme, man. <laughs> uh, I love it. The best part is that uh, Eminem uh, Curtain Call, his greatest hits collection that has FAC on it where he, he does the Richard Gere thing. Um, it's still like charting top plays on iTunes all these years later because it's like the best of his best of era of his career. <laughs> and so, yeah, people are still learning that song. FAC is a great song. Everybody, welcome back to Beef Sticks Podcast. Yes. I am Fat Mac, your favorite something else. Mmm, the other, other meat. <laughs> Tofurky, we call it. Tofurky. <laughs> Fat Mac. We're just something else. Yes. At least according to the, at least according to the government. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah, going to be a, uh, a crazy weekend for wrestling. Uh, I, I, I guess I got caught off guard. I didn't even realize New Japan had one coming up, but I do believe I'm locked and loaded for this entire weekend. It's always. Well, they just finished up their G1 Climax, which, uh, which accumulates uh, with uh, the Power Struggle event every year. And, uh, yeah, there's some good ones. There's some good ones coming up on that. That whole... You know, not only does that whole card look good, and they may or may not add matches, but there's not a single, like, six-man or eight-man in the card, which is crazy for that New Japan. That is weird for New Japan, yeah. In fact, I don't even think that there's a uh, tag team in the card. Um, There might be, but I don't think... No, there isn't. No, all singles. There's a single tag team, so... Yeah. It's going to be a good one. This is going to be a fun week. It's going to be hard to try to get everything in with everything going on. They're both on Saturday, AEW Full Gear and New Japan uh, Power Struggle. So Saturday night, Sunday, it's going to be busy times. Yes. Let's just hope that this isn't a sign that AEW and New Japan won't be working together in the future. <laughs> There's a back and forth that I'm sick of hearing about. <laughs> CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> yep. Oh, we should come up with a top ten like worst things we're sick of hearing at the end of this year. That should be that'd be great. Last last show of the year. Let's do that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Write that down. Yes. Ooh. Oh. Well, pasty. Uh. Got some big news this week, actual real big trademark news instead of just filler trademark news. Uh, it's the top of the show. You want to bring everybody up to date on what's been going on in the legal news? Oh, hell yeah. WWE filed a cancellation notice with the United States Patent and Trademark Office on Tuesday, surrendering the Cody Rhodes trademark. Cody had filed for the Cody Rhodes trademark earlier this year. However, WWE opposed the trademark at that time, despite it expiring. 
During the final segment of this week's AEW Dynamite, Cody cut a promo in which he spoke about going to war with the Empire and coming out victorious. You're looking at the man, the superstar who left the Empire, went to war, and actually won. And that pisses a lot of people off. Because the truth that I speak contradicts the lies that a lot of people live. After Dynamite went off the air, Cody said, As of this morning, I no longer just have one name. Whether Justin Roberts says it or not, it feels really good to be Cody Rhodes again. Now that WWE has filed a cancellation notice for the trademark, Cody has the proper leverage for his ring name, and he now has until January 2021 to update his filing. I bet he waits till the last fucking minute, too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I love Tulao. I love how he's like, I went to war and won. It's like, dude, their trademark expired, and then they canceled it. (laughs) Good for you, buddy. Right, and didn't he say, like, at the beginning of AEW, he could use the name Cody Rhodes if he wants because it's his name? Yep. He just chooses not to? Yeah, he said, no, I'd just rather i rather just be called Cody because <laughs> he didn't want to piggyback off his dad's name. Too late. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cody. We love AEW, but you just... Oh, I love Cody. Long shadow. You're speaking for yourself right now, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I love Cody, and I'm looking forward to him versus Darby Allen, even though it's a match we've already seen. I think those. uh, I I think I said it in the beginning. I think those two are going to be tied together throughout AEW's lifetime. Oh yeah, I have no problem with seeing one or two or three or four of them. You know. Fuck yeah. That's perfectly fine. And uh, something I could watch over and over and over again, Pasty, also happened this week in pro wrestling history. Yes. That happened on November 6th, 1994, when AAA in Mexico, Puerto Rico's IWC, and World Championship Wrestling presented When Worlds Collide from the Los Angeles Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. In a side note, Mike Tanay made his commentary debut on this show. That's a fun little fact. Amazingly, despite its increased awareness in Lucha Libre since the show, this remains the one and only AAA pay-per-view event to take place in the United States. That's hard to believe. But truth is crazy. The show was voted the best major wrestling card of 1994 by Wrestling Observer Newsletter readers. And it is a hell of a, a card. Maybe some names folks don't know and some they do, but... We had a, a minis match featuring Mascarita Sagrada and Octagoncito beating Espacrito and Jerito Estrada. We also had Fuerza Guerrero, Madonna's boyfriend, and Psychosis defeat Heavy Metal, Latin Lover, and Rey Mysterio Jr. In an IWC AAA interpromotional match, We've seen two Cold Scorpio, the Pegasus Kid, as we know as the murderer Chris Benoit, and Tito Santana defeated Blue Panther, Jerry Estrada, and the original La Parca, who now goes by L.A. Park. We also had El Hijo del Santo and Octagon defeat Los Gringos Locos, which were Eddie Guerrero and Love Machine. Of course, Love Machine was Art Bar. That match, 
was a two to one in a best of three falls hair versus mask match. Damn. The The falls were double elimination, meaning both members of the team had to be beaten before a fall could count. If one member of a team was beaten, they'd sit out until the next fall began. As a result, Le Piera del Terro losing, they were forced to get the haircut. Sadly, this would be the final match of Love Machine Art Bar. Bar was found dead in his home in Springfield, Oregon, just over two weeks later at the young age of 28. It was probably Chris Benoit. (laughs) The match rated rated five stars by Wrestling Observer Newsletter was voted the fourth best match of the year by Observer Readers. And then the main event, Sinpero Igawa beating Conan in a steel cage match. This is such a good show. I have watched this quite a few times. It's not on the network. you got to look for it. But the um, the El Hijo del Santo and the Octagon versus Los Gringos Locos, It's you got to watch that. I They need to bring back a two out of three falls match where it's double elimination. I love that. That is cool. And, um, you know, just so many great talents and all of that. And it was cool that, that these three promotions from three different nations could kind of get together and put on this awesome, awesome match. I love or, that three promotions put it on and WWE wound up with the copyright for it. <laughs> That's WWE for you, ain't it? <laughs> that is WWE for you. Uh, that's good. Such good shit, Fat Mac. Very good shit. And now, post-Halloween, we're full of candy in the house. Let's dip into the bag of sweets for this fun-sized shortage sentinel. Yes. This week's Ring of Honor show featured Jonathan Gresham versus Tracy Williams in the Pure Title Tournament Finals. Gresham defeated Williams to become the first pure title champion since 2006. Along the way, Gresham was able to defeat Wheeler Yuta, Matt Seidel, and Josh Woods. Williams beat Russ Taylor, Fred Yehi, and Jay Lethal on his path to the finals. Gresham is now a double champion, and he also holds the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships with Lethal. The Pure Championship was first created in 2004 and was previously held by wrestlers like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Douglas Williams, and Nigel McGuinness. I called for Gresham winning. Yeah, yeah, you did. And I think he he fits it perfectly. He is, I mean, he's what that title is about. So I have not gotten a chance to watch the final yet. I really want to. I haven't, but... I'm so excited for this pure title to be back. Anybody who's listened to the show knows how giddy I am about this, so I don't have much more to say about it other than congratulations, Jonathan Gresham. Well, he'll be a good champion. I think so. Oh, the pure title, it, it went, came back, and it fit perfectly, Pasty, in our comings and goings. Top of the list here. Pac returned via video in this week's Dynamite to deliver a message. A casualty of this rotten world, Pac said. Despite having no one to play with, he's getting faster and stronger as each day passes. And in the background, I could hear a few clips of Eddie Kingston's voice. 
That's kind of interesting. The European star finished his clip by saying, Lads, I see everything. Now, Pack has been away seven months since March due to being stuck in the UK because of the COVID-19 travel restrictions. He had been in the Death Triangle stable with the Lucha Bros, who are now in Kingston stable. Last wrestling on March 11th with Ray Phoenix and Penta El Cerro M in a win over Joey Janela and Private Party. So... I would love to see Pac join Eddie that Kingston's That was such a sick video package. It Pac, was fun. Pac is going to be a monster on his return. And I'm loving <laughs> that, that AEW is slowly turning from the land of the small guys to the land where fucking beasts bash and destroy each other. Like, there is some big dudes on the roster. And I, he might be the shortest, but I think Pac stands head, head and shoulders above them all when it comes to talent. Oh, yeah, and he's straight up ripped, just straight up ripped. So and I, sick. Yeah. Like, I didn't think he could get more bulgy. <laughs> Holy shit. He, he would fit, the bastard would fit right in in Kingston Stable right now with the Butcher the Blade and the Lucha Bros, and, uh, you know, I think I, th- I think his, his stable needs a name. I wonder what, I, I hope they're just trying to think of the best name possible because I worry they're going to come out with something stupid like, I don't know. The they could under, give him the, the name that Jericho. They, they could give him the name that uh, Jericho was going to give the inner circle and make him the fist. <laughs> I, I, I'm like the only person in the world who liked the fist. I guess Jericho also. I like the fist. Yeah. But no, oh, this is going to be fun. We're excited to have him back. He's so exciting to watch wherever he is, whoever he's against. Man, I can't wait. Like if if Kenny Omega really is like coming back into his his you know New Japan style of self, I I want Pac versus him like that, oh, really badly. I would love that. <laughs> so much can be done here. It's great. You know, uh, one one funny thing I I caught this week was um, fans busting him out after his promo package where he said he's been alone <laughs> and isolated this whole time. And people are talking about how they've seen him at the grocery store. <laughs> right. Pictures of him walking his dog with a friend and stuff. That's yeah. good stuff. Kayfabe, folks. Kayfabe. <laughs> <laughs> He's no undertaker. <laughs> right. AEW has signed indie wrestlers Max Caster and Anthony Bowens to perform as a tag team. Caster and Bowens will allegedly go by the acclaimed as their tag team name until the acclaim shuts them down. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, this will be interesting. I, I don't know these two very well, but um, a, a tag team in AEW, they're in the right spot. Mm-hmm. AEW better than, more. Yeah, better than being a, a woman in AEW, so... Uh, also, pasty current Impact Wrestling star Fala Ba has signed a new deal with the company. This according to PW Insider. Ba has been competing with Impact since 2017, and although he's yet to obtain a championship title with the promotion, Ba was the winner of the Turkey Bowl in both 2017 and 2018. Very prestigious award, folks. Sponsored by KFC. <laughs> he has even competed for the Impact World Championship in the past, suffering a defeat to Austin Aries in September of 2018. 
Bob made his in-ring debut in 2005 and has since worked with promotions like Chaotic Wrestling, the Independent Wrestling Federation, and Monster Factory name. Pro Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it tells you what it is, though. You got to give him credit. <laughs> right. Oh, man, I thought this was a square dance. <laughs> <laughs> and as we've talked about in past weeks, uh, EC3 is moving on from Impact following his loss of Bound for Glory. Uh, Impact and EC3 were operating on a per-appearance agreement. EC3 is still signed with Ring of Honor through the end of the year. Think he'll be a pure champion? I doubt it. He's not made for that. <laughs> But I would like to see him still making appearances in Impact. I mean, he is an uh, an Impact yeah. original, Impact poster boy. Um, they did so much for him, and he for them. I think they're such a good fit. I hope this isn't the end of their story. That would be a disappointment. Yeah, definitely. I was, I've was i been so badly hoping that he would sign a contract with them in recent weeks. But uh, I guess we'll see what the future holds. Well, we know what the future is holding for Dan Housen because he announced on Saturday, it would appear that Ring of Honor has finally hired Dan Housen. Now it's time for them to rue the day. <laughs> anyway, love that Dan Housen. See you soon, Ring of Honor. That's <laughs> the best. Oh, you got the best. Dan Housen. Oh, he made his debut for Ring of Honor in November against Shane Taylor in a great match. And earlier this year, in February at ROH Free Enterprise, he participated in the 20-man battle royal for a shot at the ROH World Championship. He did not win. And Major League Wrestling has officially announced Davey Boy Smith Jr. for the restart. It was announced Monday that Smith will be there for the restart on Wednesday, November 18th. Smith was last seen on MLW TV back in May when he was attacked by the Contra unit. Smith is now looking for revenge, challenging Jacob Fatu for the world heavyweight title. That'll be good. Oh, less than two weeks, Pasty, and we get the return of MLW. The restart. God, that 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 first episode, I, I think it's going to be the shit, man. I can't wait. I hope they just go all out. Oh, hell yeah. It's it's, uh, it's risky with them doing it on Wednesday, but, you know, in, in the world of streaming now, it really doesn't matter what day you're on, really. So, mm-hmm. uh, excited, very excited. Uh, something else that is uh, exciting for Major League Wrestling is it was also announced AAA World Cruiserweight Champion Laredo Kid will be part of the restart. Laredo Kid made his debut with MLW in 2019. The promotion also announced that Conan, who is the co-founder of AAA, is in talks with MLW CEO Court Bauer about possibly having MLW host AAA title defenses. That would be really awesome as well. Yes. I love the interpromotional stuff that these, these companies do. And I know it cut back a lot during this COVID, and that's understandable. Very, <laughs> very understandable. Much. Very much so. But um, hopefully this thing runs its course in the next couple of years, and hopefully we can get back to some kind of semblance. And I would like to see that come back where these smaller companies were really helping each other out. Because in they the end, they have come a long way. Yeah. 
former NWA Women's Champion Allison K announced on Twitter that she is now officially a free agent. Also in her tweet, she thanked NWA for the opportunities she's received while in the promotion, and she said she's open for indie bookings. Uh, whoever picks her up is, they're getting something good. I love Allison K. Um, you can call her Sienna. You can call her whatever you want. She's the she's teacher. <laughs> she's a hell of a she's a hell of a, a hand. Good on the mic. Great in the ring. Has a great look. Hands down, awesome. Somebody who's becoming less and less awesome the more we talk about her, though, Pasty, is good old Kylie Ray. <laughs> well, she made an announcement on her Patreon this week after she no-showed the largest event for Impact Wrestling on a title match. She said, good morning. I'm truly sorry for the pain I've caused and miscommunication. I am currently unwell. I'm also sorry that I wasn't able to get this out before your monthly subscription charge. I wanted to take this time to say I'm no longer a professional wrestler and I'm currently taking a break from social media. It's been a very hard decision to make, but please understand, when I am well, I will try to fulfill any obligations that I have missed. During this time, most tiers will not be able to be fulfilled. Please feel free to unsubscribe from this membership slash Patreon account. Thank you for your understanding. Heart emoji. So you bitch, you gonna you gonna fulfill that obligation to Impact Wrestling? <laughs> um, I I you know I do feel bad for her. She um she's obviously going through something. Yeah. Um, and it's not it's not our business what she's going through. That really doesn't matter. Um, she's she she's done things in a very unprofessional way, but you know maybe it's it has something to do with what she's going through so i just hope she she this is good this is good for her to work on herself and announce that she's working on herself and not um not giving any false hopes or false obligations to fans promoters tv you know anybody i like how she didn't say that she was going to refund the obligations Oh, no. <laughs> to be fair, I wouldn't. <laughs> They're the ones that paid. Um, she She's a hell of a talent. She is awesome. She's just super. So I do hope she, whatever's going on in her life, she finds a way to come to terms with it. And whether she does come back to wrestling or not, um, I enjoyed the time we had with her as of now. And, you know, hopefully we can look past some of the mistakes she's made and she I wish the best. bad twice, Fat Mac. Well, I just wish the best for her moving forward. <sighs> Me too. <laughs> so begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt to say it, Fat Mac. I could tell. And now it's time for the injury report. New Japan Pro Wrestling has announced that Yoshinobu Kanemaru injured his right knee is and is unable to compete at the event in Kochi on November 5th. The match Busi Shingo Takagi and Hiromu Tana, Takahashi versus Miro, Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru will now be Bushi and Shingo Takagi versus El Desperado and Minoru Suzuki. 
I hope he gets better too. Yeah. And I uh, I feel for uh, Takahashi who just got bumped from the match now. Right. Poor guy. He didn't what do about commentary? Right. <laughs> Give him a payday at least. Well, Pasty, AEW announced that Scorpio Sky was exposed to someone with the coronavirus within the past few weeks. While his first COVID-19 test was negative, company officials decided to postpone the Sky versus Spears match that was originally slated for this week's Dynamite as a precautionary measure. I was looking forward to that one, too. I was, too, but it's it's good that these companies are taking this stuff seriously. It took long enough, but... They seem to be at least half-ass taking it seriously. I'm and really, need... really anticipating the, the the actual push of Scorpio Sky. It's going to be good. Oh, for sure. For sure. He is such a talent. And with uh, guys like CD and Kazarian backing you up, I mean, that goes a long way. Well, I envision Christopher Daniels turning heel at some point during his rise. I just don't see Christopher Daniels wrestling much longer. Not no, that I he don't think a... so. That's where I think he the Fallen not. Angel probably has to come back again, right? Oh, for sure. I hope so. My favorite Christopher Daniels is the Fallen Angel. <laughs> he, used to, he, he was almost the guy in charge of The Undertaker. <laughs> and then it Before was Vince got a hold of it. <laughs> That was the first time Vince rewrote a Rob <laughs> the day of. And sure. it's never stopped since. <laughs> right. Uh, well, Pasty, uh, let's get into this this weekend. That's going to be fun. I know this the, the show's moving kind of fast. Um, that's all right. It's a busy week. But gives us time to talk about what's going on here. AEW Full Gear. That's coming t- tomorrow if you're listening to this live as we record it. If you're not, it's uh, Saturday 11-7. Uh, looks, like looks like a really good show. I'm excited for this one. I see so many great matches. And with this coming towards the end of the year, you better believe one or two of these might come out as being a, a match of the year candidate. I'm oh, looking yeah. at the world championship match there. Oh, I think the TNT Championship match also could come in as one of those. Ay, 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 ay. This is, it's going to be a good night. Um, I think they've done really be- well with the build to this pay-per-view. Everything is concise and cohesive, and it makes sense with the stories they're telling, which is a fucking breath of fresh air. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I To me, this... This this could be one one of the pay per views for the contention for best pay per view of the year. Oh, for sure, very much for sure. I'm looking forward to our year end awards at the beginning of next year. It's surprisingly been a pretty fun year. It's been a shitty year in real life, but as far as just wrestling events, it's been a fun year. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really happy they've been able to keep it together enough to to put these shows on uh, at least the companies who have and the companies who haven't have got their talent seen via other methods, which is great too. Um, but yeah, let's uh, snap right into the predictions for AEW full gear. 
Of course, we're going to start with the buy-in. The points do not count, but we cast our prediction anyway. And I flip-flopped on this one today, Fat Mac. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Orange Cassidy versus the Dark Order's John Silver. And man, I can't wait till this match is a main event on an AEW pay-per-view because both these guys have so much potential. Well, John Silver is just such a uh, such an underrated talent, I think. Yeah. Honestly. Hilarious. If you watch any uh, Being the Elite, he, he's like the star of the show these days. He's wonderful. Most charisma, I think, out of anybody, and it comes off so naturally. Honestly, this guy should be in WWE, but they'd fuck him up. <laughs> uh, yeah, who are you picking? Well, I think I'm going to go with Orange Cassidy. Uh, just because... Not really, a, not really a real reason, um, other than I did notice it's the only Dark Order on the card, which is surprising. Yeah. And silver. So that was the I could re- be realization I made when I made my flop, too. Yeah, I could <laughs> be wrong, because it would make sense to let them pick up something, but uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with Orange Cassidy. It'll be, a, it'll be an entertaining match, nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think this... This should be on the card, to be honest. I, I it, Maybe it doesn't have a lot of place and point, and there wasn't a lot of build to it, but these two deserve the spotlight. Uh, I'll definitely be tuning into the buy-in. Um, picking John Silver, though, because, yeah, there's there's more members of uh, the Dark Order than there is of Best Friends in Orange Cassidy. So, Right. Yeah. So moving into the... Uh... Actual event, we got the Eliminator Tournament Finals. Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. This is a story that's been told, oh, feels like a year now. And and it's nice to have a nice long-built story in place. Yeah. I feel like this, uh, it's been been a build since AEW was announced, really. Hangman is the, the guy that they initially had envisioned strapping the title to and he just it, it never lined up the stars never aligned for him uh this is gonna be a really good match and and i'm hoping something that i want to predict in the future doesn't come true because i i really want this match <laughs> almost more than any match on the card just for the the length and the the the, the build that it has had um this is a hard choice I, i'm gonna go with hangman I, the heart's not there, but that's what I'm going to say. Cause I noticed real quick that this was going to be, we could pick the same picks all the way across the board. So easy. Oh, it would. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and they'd make sense. But uh, this one actually wasn't too difficult for me. I think hangman's had his chance multiple times. Um, he's surprised me a few times and really put on some good shows, but at the same time, He's not someone you can count on to consistently put on good matches. Um, put him with the right opponent like a Kenny Omega. This should be a good match, especially with uh, with uh, the two of them having so much chemistry. And Kenny Omega's kind of been a bitch this whole time, and I really think he needs a coming out party, and I think this is it. 
I think uh, Kenny wins. I don't see any world where Adam Page wins this one, honestly. Yeah. It's a tough call, but I think this is going to be a really good match. Um, I, I'm hoping it's not the first match on the show. Uh, but but if it is, it'll set the pace nicely. Yeah, it'll be a good. It, that'd be a good opener match. It'll definitely be a uh, something to start the show and get you hyped right away. I think. I just want to see them go like a new New Japan hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And you're not going to no get Broadway. that with your first match. No, but I, yeah. I would love to see him go Broadway. That would be awesome. Mm. Then we have your TNT Championship match with Cody defending his gold against Darby Allen. A tale as old as time, as far as AEW is concerned. Right. Uh, I love yeah, these two. They're so tethered together, this should be a strap match, but they already blew that one on Brody Lee. <laughs> right. Uh They've got so much chemistry as well. The first two matches here um, are so full of chemistry that you know they're, I mean, even if they aren't like show-stealing catch-as-catch-can wrestling mat classics, that they're going to tell a great story, I think, both of these. Darby Allen, I just, I have no idea what their plans are for him, but I love watching him every time. Cody, uh... It was pretty much a given he was going to be the first TNT champion, but I don't want him to have it. He doesn't need it. I can kind of see this. I mean, this is their secondary title, but I can see this title kind of being one that gets passed around quite a bit. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be a bad thing. I think with a mid-card title, that's kind of what you want. You know, it's meant to make people. It's not meant to be, like, your end goal. Right. And um, let's be honest, Cody... Cody already won his last name. He doesn't need to keep this title. He already won a title. It's the Rhodes title. So I'm going to give this one to Darby Allen. I think he deserves it. I think he's he's going to put his all into it, and uh, it's going to be so much fun to watch. So much fun. I'm right with you. I'm picking Darby Allen, but I do want to say I'm pretty sure Brian Cage and uh, Ricky Starks are getting involved in this match. They both got beef with both dudes. And they're not anywhere else to be seen on the card. And that worries me that this ends in a disqualification. Yeah, I hope it doesn't. It's um, such a shame to see championship matches end in fuck finishes, but it happens. I definitely don't want to see a fucking pay-per-view match turn into a tag team match, you know. (laughs) That'd be bad. Yeah. Uh, That's no good. Have Teddy Long come out. (laughs) Hey, speaking of tag matches, up next on our bracket is the Tag Team Championships. But this has a special cavat with it. If the Young Bucks lose, they are to never challenge for the AEW World Tag Championships again. Yeah. Um... We know this is pro wrestling. For saying it, I hate them for doing this because Cody already did it. And I know it's story, so there's reason for it. Yeah, and it's pro wrestling. There's plenty of outs, although I hate to see that. I think a stipulation yeah. should mean something. And in the last uh, few weeks, they've been playing off of Matt Jackson's leg injury. Yeah, that he's and had I, for quite some time now. Yeah, yeah, since, since he jumped off the top of the entrance way yeah. back on a dark match. <laughs> Fucking... Which is just dumb. Again, I hate to say that, but... 
They really need to save some of this shit. God, there was a... I don't remember who said it, but there was somebody who had an interview this last week, and he he mentioned something that I kind of agree with, but it's it's a fine line to tread. He said maybe AEW gives their professors too, or professors their professional wrestlers <laughs> professors their professional wrestlers a little too much leeway to do what they want to do. Yeah. Because I mean, if you look at it, it does seem like AEW wrestlers get injured more often than almost any other company out there right now. Oh, I think so. I think so. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see the injuries come out from guys who have had storied careers in new Japan where I think the injuries are very few and far between, but also they're not doing weekly television. Yep. That is true. Um, it's it's got to be tough for the young bucks to transition from that kind of a career to TV, but then at the same point they were on Ring of Honor, so I, I guess I can't say. And that. they were on Impact Wrestling, and yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, as far as AEW goes, though, I give the give them their leeway, but you're gonna have to start dialing it in over time. Figure out what works best. You know, you you want people to have their freedom because that makes for a good product, but. But let's be honest, even especially as a talent, you know, Matt Jackson knows better than to blow a big spot like that on fucking AEW Dark. This is why? just a perfect picture for why the world would be a better place if wrestlers were actual employees and not not contracted talent, you know? Right. Um, if if your insurance has got to cover them, then, then you're going to be a little bit more careful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. And I guess the Bucks are probably, they're on AEW insurance because they're backstage people. So I, I don't know. And, and they could just be fucking this whole thing. But my, my big worry for this match is because FTR did the, the chair to the leg spot on Dynamite this week, um, is the Bucks can't compete. And so not only can they not compete in this match, but it fucks the Hangman Omega match where they got to come back together to try to take the titles off of FTR. And that's something that would make me mad, but it logically makes sense. And I, I just, I don't know. I'm lost in the mire here. But uh, I'm going to say FTR is winning. As much as uh, it pains me. I'm going to say it right out. I agree. I think FTR is winning. I think they're keeping the championships. I will say, though, if they end up doing some kind of finish where... It isn't a finish, so this whole they'll never challenge for the tag team again isn't finalized or whatever. Then I think it's really shitty of them to even make that stipulation. Yeah. If you know from the beginning that you're not going to even have it, then just don't do it. No, this is this, then, it's the one thing on the whole pay-per-view that doesn't feel right. And I agree with you. They already did it with Cody. They're doing it with the Bucks. And this is a company that's less than two years old. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have anybody who's saying they'll never challenge for anything again. I mean, it's been less than two years. It's, wait, build that up for, you know, after five years or so. Yeah, it, it seems seems like something they like to do so far that I just don't dig. Yeah, it bothers <laughs> me because everybody, I know I watch AEW because I want to see them on top, you know? At the beginning, right. it was like, don't, don't jerk yourselves off. I get that, you know, but... I want them to jerk themselves off eventually. And if you keep <laughs> making this stipulation, then eventually there's going to be no reason to watch this anymore. Yeah. And, you know, with all of the 
tag, you know, with all of the tag teams that there are in AEW, I could easily see this being their way of making like a TNT tag title or some kind of secondary or, <laughs> or um, you know, lightweight tag title, something like that. I could see that. I don't. I, I, I don't mind them having a secondary tag title with the, if they got enough good tag teams, which they seem to. I just don't want this to be how they do it. But yeah, I guess long story short, FTR all the way. Yeah, sucks to say it does. <laughs> then we've got the women's championship, and this one really kind of came out of nowhere for me. Hikaru Shida is defending her gold against the Beast. Nyla Rose. This is a rematch that's been a long time coming. Definitely has. Um, I love the native beast, Nyla Rose. I'm in her corner 100% of the time. The I'll back her up. manager okay. now. Yep, yeah, I love that teaming. I think that's a great package. I think so, too. Um, this is the one for me. This was the only one that was really, really tough for me. Uh, kind of the Bucks one just because of the stipulation, but this one, just looking at it, it's like, I I really want to say Nyla's going to win it. I'll be 100% okay if Nyla wins it. But I feel like after uh, the Britt Baker deal didn't really follow through the, the way they wanted it to, and the Kylie Ray didn't follow through the way they wanted to, I really think they're trying to cement Hikaru as the face of the women's division. Um, it's not a bad face of the women's division. It's actually great. I would love to see Nyla as the face of the women's division as well. And I don't mind Nyla Rose chasing the title and, and just being the native beast she is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with what my head says, and I, I think Hikaru Shida is gonna keep it at least into 2021. And I couldn't resist the opportunity to pick off pick up a point off of one of your favorites, so I'm going with Nyla Rose. I'll be pissed if if, if she gets you a point, but also I'll be happy that she won. So well, I got to make up for picking Hangman in the Eliminator Finals. <laughs> so now we got another kind of gimmicky match here. We got an inner circle initiation sort of match. Basically, we've seen uh, Le Dinner Debonair, and then we've seen the um, town hall meeting with Eric Bischoff. And we still haven't decided whether MJF belongs in the inner circle. So we have Chris Jericho versus MJF. If MJF wins, he joins the inner circle. Where are you at on this pasty? Ah. Uh, you see the same thing happening that I see happening? Where he joins and Jericho's out? Yeah. I see that. But I also see a Sammy Guevara face turn on the horizon. And I also see maybe maybe MJF gets punked by the inner circle. Jericho wins it and they pick up uh 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 uh, uh what's what's uh, MJF's ring guy, fucking Christ. Oh Jake or uh, no not Jake. Um <laughs> That's uh Oh I'm having a hard time here. Life isn't easy when you have to think, buddy. Well, anyways, continue well, yeah. your yeah, yeah, I'm assuming they're going to... There's so many scenarios that can play out here. None of them end with MJF joining the inner circle and it's a happy family finish. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I yeah, can't I, bring myself to say MJF doesn't win either. Yeah, I I honestly just don't I don't know where the storyline's going. They've obviously been teasing it for so long, like you said, I don't see it ending in any way where MJF and Chris Jericho live happily ever after in the inner circle. Um, I'm of the mind MJF joins and the inner circle turns on Chris Jericho and MJF is their leader. <clears throat> but even if not, I could see, um, you know, inner circle's a heel stable, Jericho's a heel, and this, as far as I know, this wasn't made by Shad Khan. Um, MJF could win and Jericho could just say you're not in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that'd be great for Heat. Definitely. Um, but I think MJF is a much better heel than a face, so I'd... That would, you know, make him instant face material. Uh-huh. But he could also uh, lose here and then try to go join the Dark Order or something. You know what I mean? There's options. Yeah. He could shop around more. Um, Wardlow is who you're thinking of. And yes, uh, Wardlow would make a, a good Dark Order. Um, yeah. Well, either that, way, MJF and Wardlow are done after this match. That's another prediction I have. Yeah? Yeah. Like, MJF is oh. going to get in, Wardlow's not. Or Wardlow's going to get in and MJF's not. Yeah, I'm picking MJF for the win. You know, what, what happens storyline-wise, I'm kind of really, I have no idea. It's, and that's not a bad thing. I think no, it's actually very good. No, the anticipation for this match is it's killing me, and I love it. Very, very fond of it. Not very often you can make a heel versus heel match work, and this is going to be a good one. Uh, then we have the AEW World Championship I Quit match. Seeing your champion, John Moxley, defending his gold against Eddie Kingston. Fuck, this is going to be good. Oh, two hardcore badasses from back in the day in an I Quit match. Two guys that have so much to, uh, to prove, I think to themselves, to the world, you know, um, two CZW originals from way back. This, this, I think this is definitely a contender for match of the year before I've even seen it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They met on dynamite and had face to face promos this week. And Kingston just fucking ran circles around Mox and then Mox talked second and fucking failed hard. (laughs) And like, (laughs) At the end, Kingston walked off and Mox went to the ropes and just looked so pissed. <laughs> like, <laughs> And that's surprising because Moxley can talk. Yes, he yeah. can. Yes, he talk. can. But if you're talking against Eddie Kingston, you should probably be talking first. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I, see, though, and I, I think that's the kind of thing I like about the freedom wrestlers are given in in AEW because they were allowed to just go out there and cut top of the head promos, you know? Right. Give them, give them as much freedom as they want for their, uh, promos, but have them run the big spots by you beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, we didn't even know Matt was going to go on top of that forklift. <laughs> we thought they just wanted it for the backdrop. <laughs> I would love to see Eddie Kingston be the world champion. I actually, believe Eddie Kingston will be AEW world champion at some point. Um, he's a former CZW champion, Chikara champion. Oh God. What else has he been? 
He never won in Ring of Honor the championship. That might have been all he won. Maybe PWG, I don't remember. But, God, I, I love I love Kingston. Maybe maybe more than Moxley. He's been one of my favorites for years. Mm. I love that he's getting the exposure he deserves. But I think Moxley holds on to this. And, and just a, a, a I'm going to steal one from JR, a slobber knocker of a match. I think Moxley keeps it. Holds a championship for a while longer into the next year, I would say, also again. What do you think? Man, I'm going with Kingston. I'm going with Kingston for reasons, man. John Moxley is the face in this scenario. Kingston doesn't care for his life. He just cares for that title. He ain't going to say I quit. He even told uh, Moxley in the promo, you're going to have to kill me to win this match. That's the only way. I'm not going to say I quit. You're going to have to kill me. Moxley's not going to be able to do that. They go way back together, <laughs> you know. Uh, to top that off, Pac's coming back. Kingston took his crew while Pac was gone. So if Kingston has the title, that's your next pay-per-view. And to follow that up, I picked Hangman Page to beat Kenny Omega. You got Pac, Hangman Page, the match that was always supposed to happen, happening again. There's your future. That's why I'm picking Eddie Kingston. Because I don't see, I don't see what after after this, then Mox gets Brian Cage, then what? Nothing. Yeah, I do think that I I see one thing slightly different than you. I think the I Quit match goes more in Moxley's favor because nine times out of ten, not a hundred percent of the time, but in pro wrestling, nine times out of ten, the heel is going to be the one to say I quit, not the face. Yeah. Um, not all the time, and you actually gave really good reasons. But, I got I got a whole another year of storyline out of it, you know. <laughs> you got it booked. So uh, I mean, this is going to be great no matter what. Oh, and this God. is another one where even if the person I bumps just thinking about it, man. Yeah, I'll be happy to see Eddie carry the title and have uh, have his faction kind of be running the show. I got to say though, since Kingston joined AEW, he's doing it for me way more than Moxley. Oh, Kingston's just awesome. Yeah. I think he's another, he's an underrated performer that I think a lot of people didn't really know very well until, until he got in here. You know, if you didn't see his CZW, PWG, Chikara, Ring of Honor, NWA, I mean, he's really a journeyman. He's been everywhere, but he's just never blown up. And uh, I actually didn't think he'd blow up here in AEW, to be honest, not because he doesn't deserve it. But because they had Moxley, and just just there's so many talented people here, I I thought he'd kind of be a, you know, not he'd be a mid player. But no, they've definitely pushed him to the heights he deserves. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 guessing that this is going to be the match of the night, maybe match of the weekend, and perhaps match of the year. <laughs> Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is a heavy, heavy contender. Oh, this is. And then we have so- uh we have a match I'm not horribly excited for, Pasty. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I'm not horribly excited for it. We got the Elite Deletion, Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. Um, Does this one take place at the compound also? Yes, at the compound, cinematic match, yeah. full-on throwback. So, I mean, that's the saving grace, I think. Sammy doesn't do much for me, but... It'll be exciting to see what they do with this. I'm more excited for the the match than to see the people in the match. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll do good. I think they'll do good. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, Sammy's going in the lake of reincarnation. He's going to come out purified. And that's kind of where I wonder if the inner circle match, like MJF wins and then Chris Jericho's like, fine, you can join, but guess what? We're disbanding the group. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I almost hope with this being cinematic that uh, maybe this one starts the show. Yeah. I if that would be a bad idea. I definitely don't see it being the final thing. I mean, they could. AEW's done it, but I, I think cinematic is definitely more opener or or somewhere in the middle of the show, maybe just before your your main event peak, like the the top three matches of the night. Uh, I think this will be fun. I'm hoping it's fun because I don't know how much more broken Matt's got, and and if it's not broken, Matt, I just I'm not buying, and that's the problem here. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, uh, Matt's going to win. Sammy's going in the lake. We'll have a baby face Sammy that you'll never love. (laughs) Uh, I'm going for Matt Hardy also. Uh, It's it's his wheelhouse. I have a hard time ever picking Sammy. He just hasn't earned it. He just hasn't earned it. What is this? It would be so fucked up for Sammy to beat Matt Hardy in Matt Hardy's own match. Oh, it'd be awful. It'd be just horrible. <laughs> Not good at all. Uh, I'm excited to see Dilapidated Boat again. Skarsgård, my favorite. Oh, I've missed him for a while. Mower of Lawns. <laughs> no, this is going to be a fucking fantastic watch. Yeah, this pay-per-view top to bottom is exciting me. Um, I'm probably least excited for the Elite Deletion match, but that's okay because it might be something. It's a cinematic match. You never know what you're going to get. And they sold great, out their 15% capacity too, so they're going to have over 1,000 people in the audience. That's that's good or bad or, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very torn. Like, it's good for wrestling, but it's stupid, and I hate it. Right, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 will, it will help the atmosphere, hopefully, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Pasty, and we're not going to make imagine them... their I quit match in a silent arena. That would be terrible. Yeah, it just doesn't work well. And we're not going to make the mistake that we made uh, last time, Pasty. We got tiebreakers on both these shows. <laughs> Tiebreaker, does Cody go by Cody or Cody Rhodes at this pay-per-view? Now, just this week, WWE doesn't own the trademark for it. Now, Cody doesn't own the trademark for it either, but he can legally call himself Cody Rhodes because nobody owns the trademark. Uh, do you want to pick on this one or do you want me to pick on this one? Go ahead and pick. I think he's never going to go by Cody Rhodes. No? Never. I think he might own it when this is all said and done. He'll have it, but I don't think he'll ever go by it. That's who he was in WWE. You know what I mean? Why go back? Right. I think he will at some point. Um... But yeah, I'll take the Cody Rhodes. I think he's already been excited about no longer being one name, and yeah, like you said, whether uh, uh, whether Josh Matthews calls me Cody Rhodes or not, I'm gonna be Cody Rhodes. So I could see him, you know, my name is Cody Rhodes, bitch, or something. <laughs> I could see him doing that to old Darby Allen. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cody Rhodes, just because. Uh, you don't have well, any other sure choices. I can, and just because he, can, <laughs> you know. 
Should I pick up the trademark? Go for it, Pasty. We'll change the name yeah. of the podcast to Cody Rhodes. I don't think we got enough money to fight that battle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. And then on to the other show that's going to be airing uh, earlier in the day due to it being in Japan, but on the same day. Like 7 a.m. probably. We got New Japan Pro Wrestling Power Struggle. As we mentioned before, this the the kind of odd thing about this one is you don't have any tag, multi-men, six-man, eight-man, nothing like that. Kind of worries me because that's what man. gives New Japan its flavor and diversity. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. But everything kind of every oh, oh, every match kind of means something, even a little bit. Uh, the one that has no stipulation. We'll get to that one later. We're going to start out with King of Pro Wrestling 2020 Championship. Toru Yano defending his title against Zack Sabre Jr. Pasty, uh, where are we at with this one? Well, I'm never picking Zack Sabre Jr. for anything ever. So. <laughs> you never Toru do. Toru Yano it is. And uh, I'm going to... I'm going to go right with you. I'm going to say uh, Toriano. I I think that's that's the way it goes. He is the uh, the only wrestler to have ever hold, held this title. And I think he's going to end 2020 with it. I think yeah. he's going to he's going to keep the uh Kapu. <laughs> that's what I like to call it. I call it the Kapu. Kapu championship. Kapu. Um, Mr. Kapua Toro. Yes. Then we have the never open, uh, never open weight championship, seeing Minoru Suzuki taking on Shingo Takagi. It should be a good one. You know, these never open weight matches are always awesome. Suzuki always gives a hundred and 127%. Um, and I'm going to go against my better judgment and say that Shingo ends up taking it. I think that Minaro's going to lose the title. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm going with Takagi. Boy, that's great talk there, Pasty. I know. No, I'm just confused because I went through this earlier and I put all my picks in and now everything is spelt wrong and I didn't do that. Oh, I thought that was you just trying to be funny. No, I'm wondering if it's you trying to say we're making too many of the same picks. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's not. (laughs) I'm confused right now. Like I I fixed Okada because that was Okasaki and I'm like... I would never put that. That's I didn't see that one. That's so wrong. <laughs> and the Takayuki and the Tori. Like I only I only combine tag team names like that. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on here? I have no idea. It's so strange. That's funny as hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm saying Lij brings the never back into there. Yes. And that's what you got. That's what yes. your Takuki is. Is Takagi? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, then we got uh, 
Kazuchika Okada versus the Great Okan. Not sure who the Great Okan is. He is a uh, he is a uh, rest. He's a Japanese wrestler, but he just recently joined with a. Uh, Will Ospreay and B. Priestley as the Empire, and they're kind of they're making moves, man. They they actually are making moves. Nice. Not enough to beat. Okada! So that's who I'm picking. <laughs> who who are you picking? Okada! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's the one thing you hear during his matches. Just the one lady. Okada! <laughs> He puts it out there, it's though. his mom. She doesn't hold back. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Um, yeah. I'm going with Okada. I don't think Great Okan is beating Okada, but I could see some uh, multi-man matches evolving from this. Oh, yeah. And I could see uh, Okada and Osprey getting into a... getting into a little showdown against each other, multi multiple matches. And, you know, we got wrestle kingdom coming up, so they got to build something for Okada. And right now he doesn't hold any titles. He doesn't really have anything really going on. You know, he, uh, he got betrayed by Gato and it's like, you know, you can't, you can't be on top forever, but he's definitely been letting people, He's been letting other folks kind of get the limelight, and you know, rest, you know, not uh, Wrestle Kingdom. He's he's gonna have he's gonna have a spotlight somewhere. He's not just gonna be in a, a throwaway match. So yeah, yeah, I, I excited to see where this goes. I'm also excited for this Empire Stable, though. Also, yeah, I'll, I'll make my judgments after this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Then we have the IWGP US heavyweight title number one contender match, and I think this is the one I'm most excited for. Maybe. Kenta versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Goddamn. This is going to be a barn burner. This is going to be a long match. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's... at least. Fast paced, high octane, brutality. This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be very fun. Two super talented veterans, but I'm I'm kind of going with I'm going with the stipulation here. It's the number one contender to the U.S. title, so whoever wins this is gonna face Moxley, presumably at Wrestle Kingdom. It depends on the whole COVID situation. You know, who knows what's gonna happen. Um, there's a chance you know the title could be stripped from Moxley. Who knows? But I, I Moxley and Kenta, I think, would be so. I mean, hey, Tanahashi. Hey, that Moxley clock is another really good fucking reason for Kingston to win the title on AEW. Right. That's a good <laughs> point. Uh, but I, I'm going Kenta. I think Kenta gets it. I think uh, either guy could do it, and both both guys are just gonna they're gonna make you think that their mama's life is on the line in this match. I honestly oh, yeah. think that. Yeah. Even for a number one contender to a secondary title, they're just going to go all out. Uh, Just on the base grounds that I refuse to stand behind modern day Bullet Club, I'm going with Tanahashi. 
<laughs> you know, the other day I was sitting there thinking to myself, I was like, <clears throat> Bullet Club is like 50% Japanese wrestlers now, and it started out as a gaijin faction. Right, yeah. Made me laugh. I was like, yeah. It works, but I don't know. Where is it now? Like, it, <laughs> I don't feel it anymore. <laughs> All right. Then we have Wrestle Kingdom 15 contract match, Pasty. Whoever wins this match will get a match at Wrestle Kingdom 15 main event for the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships against whoever is the champion. We don't know yet because it's on the line at this pay-per-view. But this one is for that match. We got Kota Ibushi versus Switchblade Jay White. What do you got, pasty? Not Jay White. That's your Bullet Club mantra again. <laughs> <laughs> he's the reason I don't care anymore. He he's the one, the one reason I just I, I don't care. I will not breathe with the switchblade. I'll purposely right. breathe opposite of him just to piss him off. <laughs> so you're going to Bushi. Um, I'm going to Bushi also. I think uh, he, he won this match, um, I think, during the G1 Climax. I want to say he won this contract, and now it's he's putting it on the line against Jay White. I think he holds on to it. I would love to see Ibushi versus either of the guys uh, moving forward at Wrestle Kingdom. So, yeah, we're both on the same page there. Kota Ibushi. Yeah. And then we've got your main event. Your IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental titles match. Seeing Tetsuya Naito, that fucking turncoat, taking on evil. This match is also just going to be so badass. Fuck yeah. Um, this is, this is, I think, what, uh, what Moxley and Kingston are going to be working against this weekend. Right. Agreed. And this one, I was going back and forth, back and forth. This is this was a tough one. This is so much more of a blood feud, though. Um, <laughs> the only uh, I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Tetsuya Naito, and the only reason I'm gonna do that is because I feel like they're gonna have him go into <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom as the champion. But in all honesty, I would love to see Ibushi versus Evil at Wrestle Kingdom for the champions or for the championships. That would be so awesome. Oh yeah, uh, but I, I'm going Naito here just because I, I feel like they're they're not done with him yet. Well, my mantra is fuck the current Bullet Club, so I have to go with Evil. I love <laughs> Naito to death, but not really anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I still love the guy. I, I can't help but think I'm likely wrong here because Tetsuya Naito is such a strong champion, and he deserves to be. But he's wearing the right. wrong flag, and evil's awesome too. This is gonna he be is really good. Very awesome, and this I would not, good. I would not be against him having a, a run with it. You know, but I would that, definitely. He's got to be the one to split him up, though. You know what I mean? He he can't pass the, both of them off to the next guy. Right. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Okay, so Pasty, that brings us to tiebreaker here. Not much to go on. 
to be honest, because um, I'm not following a lot of what's going on right now in New Japan. But we do know that the Empire is the new kind of stable that's come up, and uh, with Great Okan going against Okada, and it's the only match that really doesn't have any any real something on the line, you know, any real stakes. Um, do you think that we're going to see some interference? Not necessarily that he's going to make Okan win, but that we'll see interference by Will Ospreay to try to help Okan, whether it pays off or not. What do you, question, think? you think? The question, Fat Mac, is what do you think? Because I picked on the last tiebreaker, so it's only fair. Well, Pasty, I, I think I'm going to go with yes. I think he does. I think Will Ospreay is a, a hell of a heel. I think... Uh, This is the only match that doesn't have any real stakes, so even though New Japan doesn't like to do a lot of interference... They should go on Jericho's podcast. (laughs) In the last few years, um, it's it's kind of loosened up, but I think that he it's not going to piss too many people off if there is interference. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say there's interference by Will Ospreay in the Okada-Okan match. So that gives you no by default. Yes, I'm fine with that. Am I the only person in the room who wants to see Empire versus Imperium? (laughs) (laughs) It writes itself, Pasty. God, that'd be good. That'd be some good shit. (sighs) Well, that being said, I guess that about wraps up this bite-sized post-Halloween edition of Beef Sticks Podcast. Really looking forward to the wrestling we're going to watch this weekend. And looking forward to bringing you the review and results next week. Things are heating up in the wrestling world. So don't expect too many more of these short, sweet episodes. Yeah, it's going to be a a great weekend for sure. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. Yes. And in light of the catchphrase... That ruined the end of the show last week. I just want to leave you with one message. Love. Spread it like cancer. Now snap out of it. <laughs> <laughs>